Welcome to You Should Get a License, the number one source for anyone looking to learn about or join the most underrated opportunity in business today, a career in the insurance industry. Get educated, motivated, and inspired for your journey as you learn both how and why you should get a license. Welcome back. Welcome back once again to the number one source for information, education, inspiration on the most underrated career opportunity in business today. You should get a license. This is the podcast edition. And today we have someone who is very, very special uh, coming on. She is uh, the founder or co-founder of Society of Black Agents uh, based in Atlanta. She is a seasoned professional uh, in the financial services and insurance industry as well, uh, as well as a, a coach you know, to others, just a, a positive spirit. Uh, really loves to help people to get their money and their minds right. I want to welcome to the platform the one, the only, Miss Shinyire Shay Norman. Shay, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. And you pronounced my name wonderfully. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We 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 want to do our best. You know what I'm saying? Make sure we get it right. You know, it's it's interesting because you know my name is Gerard and everybody calls me Jared. <laughs> which is why I say Rod. So I get it. I try to be really mindful of the names. But yeah. um, you know, thank you for thank you for coming on, you know, agreeing to to share your story and share, you know, the experience that you have. I know you've been in the business for a while. Um, yeah. you know, the first, I guess first question or first place I really want to start is uh this platform is really to give people ideas of of different areas of the industry that they can go into. You know, some people are are doing different types of, of lines of coverage or different market segments in the business. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, where you specialize and, and where you found, I know you've been in the business for, for over a decade, 16 yeah. years, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, what, what area and what part of, of this financial services and insurance industry do you work inside of? Okay. So right now I'm working in the Medicare space. I actually came into the industry on Medicare. And so I will always do Medicare. It is something very special to me because I feel like we get paid a lot of money to help people mm -hmm. um, and the most vulnerable population being our seniors and our disabled community. Um, so I really, really enjoy that. However, in my career, um, I did drift over into life insurance and financial planning and found an entirely different love uh, working with the IUL and then becoming um, series 65 certified so that I could walk people through financial planning. Awesome. Awesome. So you got the Medicare space, you have the life, you have the uh, series 65, which give you, that gives you like a, a securities kind of a, a classification as well, right? With the 65. Yeah. Absolutely. And the reason I did it is not because I, I never was interested in selling stocks and, you know, directing people that way. The reason I actually got the Series 65 is because I was already a fiduciary just by who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to put my clients before me. But when I got over into the IUL and annuity space, I wanted to add the Series 65 as an actual fiduciary and just be able to work that part of the business. So the Series 65 was just for the background understanding of all the financial planning and being able to help someone and direct them in a financial plan. Got you, got you. Now you said something that was a kind of a key point there. You said, hey, look, you know, I was already a fiduciary, you know, before I got the, the, the designation because I'm looking out for the clients. And really, 
you know, every everyone who is who is entering this space or, or, or working in this business should be working on behalf of the clients. I know this. We know that's not always the case. Right. Um, do you recommend, you know, someone who has completed their their life license and, you know, they're already writing the, the IULs, which is Index Universal Life? You know, for, for those who may not be familiar with those terms or the annuity, which is also a life insurance product, someone who is already writing that business. Do you do you recommend them to continue on and go get that Series 65? Do you feel like it's it's necessary? And, and, and if so, why? Um, and, and then why did, did you just well, you said why you decided why would someone you know consider going to to take that extra step? If you really want to take care of your clients and have them long term and have them generation after generation, um, I think that designation is the right step. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not like a lot of people that I meet in this industry where they may be salespeople that came from car sales or from, I don't know, alarm sales and they're just, you know, they're just sellers, you know, those folks may not care too much about going that extra step. But for anybody who wants to go deep in this and be able to literally grow their business, large part based on referrals, like, hey, go to her, she's going to take care of you. That's the reason that I did it. So I think it's a great addition to the life and health license for those reasons, just more credibility yeah. and then that deeper understanding. Because when you get into index universal life and variable life and annuities, you know, when you get into all that, it's one thing to get training from all these different uplines. It's a different thing to like bring it all together and mm -hmm. understand the entire financial picture and then make sure you're doing the right thing for the client. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that that testing, I know that testing uh, just from what I've heard, you know, I haven't gotten any of the, the series um, licensing, but that testing is a, is a bit intense. Do you feel like it was, you know, is it something that people should be intimidated by? It is something that people should know you have to be focused for. I, I already knew where I wanted to go with it. So once I started studying for it, first of all, it intrigued the heck out of me. Um, I didn't grow up understanding money in a way that I now do. I mean, I'm so grateful for that extra layer of understanding. So for me, I didn't look at it as, oh my gosh, this is so grueling or I'm in temp. Well, let me take that back. It was grueling. <laughs> I didn't look at it like, oh my gosh, I'm so intimidated. It was just like, I already knew this was the next step. So do what you gotta do. Blocked everybody out, um, was super focused, studied long hours, took breaks and just knocked it out. Nice. Nice. Okay. Going so so you said, hey, look, you know, I knew this was the objective kind of going in the door. You know, I yeah. wanted to take it to another level to to excel in my craft. Um let's let's go back because you also mentioned, you know, just kind of, you know, growing up and, and really kind of having that focus from a young age. So take take me back, you know, to a to a nine, you know, 10-year-old Shay Norman. Um, what were you aspiring to be around that time? Or, or did you already know that you were going to be in, in this industry? I did not. I'll tell you something funny. So I was so gone off the Cosby show. Okay. I, I remember it was so funny. I used to get ready for the Cosby show. I would like wash my hands, make sure I had my snack. And this was just like my show. Right. So I actually thought I was going to be an attorney. I went to Morris Brown to obtain my um, political science degree, did that, 
And I was literally taking the LSAT for the second time, just looking for that median score. Yeah. And um, I literally was sitting there with a United Healthcare shirt on. I had already started working in the Medicare space. And the thing is, from that nine-year-old, 10-year-old shade, something that was ingrained in myself and my sisters, like, like air, is service for our people, service for the community, and just a love for human beings, period. I love people. Like, we're so multifaceted and so awesome. Um, I'm a people watcher. I mean, I just, it's... It's, it's, it's really powerful when you tap into who you are and then you look at everyone else kind of like satellites. Like I know Rod is, you know, deep and dope and all of that because I know I am. Right. So I've always been about people like that. And so I felt like I would go into law based on being service oriented. But again, I found my way into Medicare. I was literally working at an adult living facility, actually assisted living facility. Okay. And one of my church members said, you would probably really be great at working with seniors. My brother just started an insurance company. And this was right when Medicare Advantage really started. So that's how I fell over into it. But I do want to go back um, to my upbringing. Yeah, please. So my parents, um, Hey, Kima and Tamu Kenyama, they're actually very, very much revolutionaries, very, very much race first people. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up in a very loving, um, Afrocentric, if you will. Uh, and I guess back in the day, we used to call it conscious, but it actually meant something a little bit different in the way, you know, it's trending right now. Right? Right, right, I grew right, up right. in the conscious community in Atlanta. It was conscious before it was woke, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And what have been kind of appropriated, you know, <laughs> if so to speak. I don't know. Kinda, so to speak, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. But but the thing about it is I always like nice things. I always yeah. love nice things. And my mother would, you know, when we went shopping, I wanted everybody to dress up. So I had this service-oriented, grassroots community thing about me. But then I also was like, but wait now. I want to get to the money too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, how 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 do I do that? Um, my parents were both college graduates. We never went without. Um, but it just, even the credit conversation really didn't trickle down to myself and my sister right over me. We just kind of missed it and made a bunch of mistakes in our 20s. And so, again, I'm really grateful for this career, but it was also a yearning for me. Like, I needed to know. I needed to learn. Yeah. Yeah. But but everything I do now, like I say, is it's all still geared around service. That's why I needed to go to the next level as far as my designation goes. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to dig into that a little bit, because sometimes when you speak about, you know, financial services or, you know, even the insurance and, and you kind of you're looking to connect that with the Pan-African community. Right. It can be kind of kind of um, deflected, you know, in, in conversations, not really something that's spoken, spoken about. However, the concepts of, you know, um, self-awareness and, you know, being empowered, you know, having that revolutionary spirit of, of independence and liberation, you know, is, is very present. But, the, but, but cultivating the resources to do that on a large scale is not always at the forefront of the conversation. Can, can you speak to that? Why, why do you think that is and, and how did you find balance with that in, inside of yourself? 
Uh, why that is, um, without, without being here for hours on end, I don't, I don't even think it, I don't think it takes that, but that's a great question. Um, I think it has a lot to do with distrust for this country, the banking system, um, the way this country, you know, became wealthy, became a superpower. I think for many people who think in that pan-Africanist um, conscious, I, I'm not going to say the right word. Somebody's going to have a problem <laughs> with one of them. Right, right. Some, right. Somebody but, say right. <laughs> but the people I grew up around, I think that there was a a huge focus on do for self, which I believe in that too. Absolutely. I believe it's a both and um, not, a either, not an either or. But I think the fear of the financial services industry, the banking industry, and like I said, how this country came to wealth, that coupled with the mentality of doing for self, I think that really made a lot of folks shy away from digging deeper into into finances. Yeah. And, and I used to say, you know, when I would when I would be challenged sometimes about certain products, annuities, and um, index universal life, I would say, uh, do you use the bank? And end it right there. Yeah. And, and I I don't know, you know, if that was smart, if I left some things on the table, but all I know is that worked when I had elders to challenge me. And mm -hmm. what I was doing, what I was learning and things of that nature, I would just say, do, well, do you use the bank? And they said, yeah, I said, well, let me show you another way to save and really grow your money because the bank is robbing you anyway. So let's dig in. So put, 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 put your money where the banks put their money. Exactly. Get, get that and extra, get that extra interest that they're not giving you. Right. And you're doing it on a large scale while you're being, <laughs> while you're putting your money there. So anyway, that was the kind of way uh, for me to get around it. But I will say that. Sometimes when people are closed minded to the point that they're just not going to hear you, that's fine with me too. They're not going to hear you. Right, right, right. And that's how, that's how that goes. So, so you, you, you found your start, you said you were taking the LSAT, mm -hmm. um, which is commendable. You know, I, I, I studied for it. I didn't take it. I studied for it. I didn't take it. <laughs> but um, you were taking the LSAT and you said a, a friend said, Hey, their, their brother, um, was running an agency. So is that how you got, got started or were you already at, I know you were at United, you say you had the United t-shirt on. So were you at United or were you at the other agency? How did you start your career, you know, in, in, in the industry? Okay. So I cut my teeth with that friend's brother's insurance company gotcha. as a okay. broker. So I hadn't taken the LSAT yet. I was gotcha. actually taking a break. I graduated from Morris Brown and was taking a little breather, getting ready, like gearing myself up to, for the LSAT or for law school, right? And during that time, I took a job, you know, at the assisted living, which I love. I, I, I already knew I, you know, had a uh, real reverence for elders, but when I was working there, I learned that I really, really, really love seniors. And so mm -hmm. that's, that's where I made the transition then over to insurance. Gotcha. Got you. Okay. So started started there at the uh, the, the brokerage firm, mm -hmm. then made the move. And where did where did you get start? Where did you get started initially? Did you start on the sales side? Were you on the service side? Were you on the wholesale? Where where did you kind of find your path? Sales. And sales. sales. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I came out of college, I got a job. Some company, you know, they called it a customer service job. So I went right. for it. 
And lo and behold, I found myself in a collection agency. Mm. And I was over there doing some customer service, but I would hear people calling out these big numbers of money they collected and, you know, how much they were going to make on their goal. And I was like, wait, I want to go over there. So coming into insurance, and I always used to ask myself as a bill collector, I was, and I was good at it. And I would say, why did God take me down this route? Now I have a political science degree. I'm headed to law school and I'm in a bill collection agency, but I was loving it. Once I got over there and I started making money, like I really loved it. And so fast forward to insurance, I think back and I say, wow, if you can get on the phone and collect thousands and thousands of dollars from people, because I was working on like Bank of America accounts or Department of Education accounts, so large accounts. If you can do that, then by golly, you ought to be able to help somebody get into some products that's going to help their life. And so Absolutely. I was Absolutely. thankful for that experience. Like I questioned it, but then I was like, oh yeah, that was good experience. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you started, with, with, when you started um, did you start working with seniors immediately right out of the gate based I on did. your previous experience? Okay. And then just kind of continue to, to transition. Mm-hmm. I can remember the first time someone asked me about an annuity and it was a wealthy client and I knew nothing about annuities. I was servicing he and his wife's Medicare supplement mm-hmm. and their son had just kicked off like a million dollar business. And he asked me about annuities and Rod, I didn't know. And I, and I just sent, I say, hey, like, let me let you talk to my mentor. Right, <laughs> But then I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to do that anymore. Once I found out the outcome. Right. Um, like, I need to learn this. Yeah. So I just, I call it, I just kept graduating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you, what do you think has been you know your success? Because you're um, as I'm listening to you, you know you're learning one thing, then you're learning the next thing, then you're learning the next thing, and then and, and we're about to go into you know the organizations that you're founding and you know some of your coaching too. I like to touch on that. But what has been your process? And it's maybe because you were going to law school. Maybe that's what it is. But what's been your process to like learn? these different skill sets. You say, hey, I didn't know about annuities at the time, but boom, I realized, okay, I need to go and pick this up. All right, now I'm gonna get the Series 65 on top of that. What's been what's been your learning process to, to keep taking all of this in? Um, financially, I'm not where I wanna be yet. Okay. Right? Um, but then I'm just, I guess the word would be, and it sounds so cliche, but I'm just, I'm just really driven in that way. Um, if I see an opportunity and it feels right, it feels good to me, I'm going for it. Now, sometimes, of course, that has led me into situations where the opportunity wasn't as great as I thought it was. Or maybe I feel like I spent time here and I could have been there, but that's okay. It's like, that's life. Um, but yeah, if something feels right for me, even if it's difficult, then I'm going to dig in. Mm, gotcha. But it's not about, not about anything about law school. I, I don't not not about that it's just about a feeling gotcha gotcha so it's that that drive you know just having that drive say hey look boom if 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 i if i come across it and i want to know it i'm just going to put in the work necessary to get it done yeah and and like coming from our family um my father and my mother were very sacrificial when it came to not only them but our family in general i used to tell people all the time as far as how we spent our time as a family, yes, we spent our time as a family unit, but we were always in the community uh, with different families, um, 
growing and doing different things. And so I just felt that service part of who I had been made to be. I just needed to serve it, but then take it to a next level. Like my parents were more socially conscious and very, very knowledgeable about economics. But for me, I had to take that social, that economic and really apply it, which meant the financial arena for me. Gotcha. Anybody else in your family enter this industry or decide to take that, take a similar path to you? No, but my sisters um, are also entrepreneurs and in service oriented fields. So my eldest sister actually um, started a homeschool for her children and then it grew. And um, Tamu Sana Kenyama Preparatory, she named it after my mother. And she's graduating, she's been graduating children into um, very, very good schools for the last several years, high schoolers. Um, so much so that the homeschools, the, or I, I'm sorry, not homeschools, the independent black schools in Atlanta, several of those middle schools will feed into her high school. Wow. Yeah, that's my eldest sister, Ayenda. And then Noni, actually, she's a healer. Noni has a a space called the core total body salon and spa. She's an herbalist. Um, last Friday, I got another most amazing massage. So we're all in the space of service to people and very yeah. unique to who we are. So everybody chose something that's meaningful to them and also very meaningful to other people, but it's all different. That's amazing. That's amazing. This is just good, good stock, you know, come from good yeah. stock. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, speaking, speaking of service, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the work that you're doing that, that you have really leveraged, you know, your, your time, energy, knowledge, expertise, resources to, um, SOBA, you know, Society of Black, Black Agents. How, how did, how did SOBA come about? You know, what's the objective, you know, why, why should, should, should folks really, you know, pay attention to it as well, um, from a, from a neat, I, I know why. But tell people why they need to be paying attention to SOBA as well. So, okay, so let's back into it. So the yeah. reason people need to be paying attention to SOBA, one is it's a safe space for Black agents. And at a point, we're focused on the U.S., but we don't know where that's going because Black people are everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I've never practiced insurance anywhere else but the U.S., but I can imagine um, that agents elsewhere are having some of the same experiences we have here meaning we are very much marginalized when it comes to the insurance industry. Sometimes we just need someone to lean on. Uh, we need someone to answer a question without attaching it to a sale. Mm -hmm. um, we need a community where we can speak freely about the things we deal with from our clients. You know, as an agent, um, our community is Black people. You know, those differences, it just it creates a safe space for us to share information. We're not asking for anybody's contract. We're not a, a, a marketing organization. We're not contracted with any insurance carriers. It is simply a safe space for us to connect, share mm -hmm. best practices, um, share referrals. But then, too, for the community, at a point, the community will recognize, recognize that if you are a SOBA agent, then you care for the community in a very special way that you're not just about money, you're more so about education, legacy, and making sure we have just access to all things financial. Mm, so it's like a quality stamp. It is. 
It is just like back in the day, and, and my father will say this from time to time. I don't know if you remember growing up, and maybe they still use these products, but like Afro Sheen, it had a picture of a lady that looked like she had braids. Right. That symbol was called the Proud Lady. Mm. And that that meant something, you know, that meant that, hey, we're certified, stamped and sealed, um, you know, as, as that type of product for the people. And I don't know who owned that, but Soba is black owned, right? Yeah. And we're putting a stamp on it and we're certifying agents to say, no, we're taking care of our community and we're putting you first. I love that. I love that. So so how was, how was Soba born? How was Society of Black Agents born? Um, Thomas Priester, my partner, we actually met, I also served as a uh, board member for Us Lifting Us Economic Development Co-op, which for me, um, co-op is, is a very, very important thing for Black people, well, for any um, groups, right? And we could talk about that at another time, but we met based on my involvement in that organization. And once he met me and he kind of understood where I was coming from, being in the financial services industry, but also very much tied to us creating our own avenues of wealth and economic stability as a black community. Those two things together, I think made him see something in me. And I remember he, he gave me the idea of what he wanted to do with, with an organization. We didn't have a name yet. And I remember telling him, hey, I got a lot on my plate. Um, if I don't get back to you by next Monday, I'm probably not going to be able to do this with you, right? Monday came and went. Tuesday, he called me like I never said that and just kept giving me his ideas. And I was like, yeah. dang, I can't, I can't let this brother go alone. Like, so that was, I want to say, uh, probably about two years ago. Okay. And we officially launched Society of Black Agents December 12th of last year, so of 2021. Awesome. Yeah. And 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 um, Soba is, is nationwide. I know it's based in in Atlanta, but you know there are Soba agents. I know up here where I am in Virginia as well. Where, where is where else is uh, Soba kind of connected? Oh my goodness! Oh, Soba. We've got agents um, in Texas. We've got agents in Ohio. We've got agents in Florida, Virginia, um, California. Um, I know I'm missing a lot because our Facebook group and for any agents out black agents out there who are interested our Facebook group is private. Um, it is no cost to join our Facebook group, but there you will find probably about 650 700 agents within that group. And then we have our paid membership where once you pay a subscription, depending on the level of membership you desire, there are things like discounted leads, um, marketing materials, white label marketing materials, because that's a that's a sore spot for us too. When we want to market as independent agents, lots of times the insurance carriers we work with, they don't have the images we need to convey the message to our community that, hey, no, this is for you. Uh, and yeah, so we have some um, vendors that we work with that provide that type of marketing. So in addition to, you know, the safe space, in, in addition to that safe space and having, you know, some access to some mentorship and, you know, some some guidance that's um, that really is 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 not based on any utility. Right. It's like, hey, you know, we're just we're just here to help you. Um, you also have resources that agents can utilize to help build their business which I would imagine is really powerful for, you know, new or existing agents who are looking to, 
kind of broaden their, broaden their footprint and have some resources that are specific to their culture experiences. Absolutely. Yes, that's really important because we can be a safe space. But if you have to step, step out of that safe space to go and let's say sign a contract with an insurance company just so you can get a CRM or client management system, and then you get that CRM, and if you don't like that product or you don't stay with that company long term, now you no longer have that tool. Yeah. And so we really, if, if I had to say we were niching it down, we would, we would probably say our main target is the independent. Um, black agent who is looking for all the pieces of the puzzle so that they can fuel their own vision. Yeah, and, and that's that's important. So especially for people who are new, because it's not like this career path is is the most publicized. You know, on on uh, uh, the social media streams, you know, the things that you hear about are you know kind of the hot tickets. You know, it's, it's real estate investing or it's it's crypto or it's, or it's NFTs and something, things of, things of that nature. Um, do you feel like, do you feel like, you know, there's enough resources uh, like Soba or um, even, even maybe some others that kind of share the benefit of even being in this business? Because I, I would think that knowing that you have access to those resources actually makes it more attractive to jump in as well, because you know where you're going to go. So and so that because you, you I kind of was thinking about some of the other organizations and what they offer. But what's the actual question? The, the question is, do you feel like do you feel like that's a that can be a lure to get people to join this industry to say, hey, you have organizations like Soba or other organizations out there that can give you some resources to help you launch into your business? Absolutely. Um, when I said that I cut my teeth with the first agency I was with, I got ripped off. Mm. Um, the individuals that were responsible for that, they didn't give a damn about us. Mm. And excuse my French, but I mean, that's just real, they didn't. Uh, we were writing 60 and 45 Medicare Advantage policies a week. Now I will say that was some of the best training but we got ripped off. Mm. Had I had an organization like Soba, where I could reach out to even the founders, any of the key directors or members, or just say, hey, I see you're new too. What are you going through at the agency you're working with? I'm not asking you to come join me. I'm not asking for anything but some advice. If I had that, that would have meant the world to me. So the fact that we're able to go out and literally share this opportunity or you know just the insurance industry is so many it's so multifaceted right yeah the fact that we're able to go out and talk to young people or talk to people who are changing careers looking for another stream of income the fact that we can introduce it to them coming from a safe space and we're not asking for your contracts or anything like that i think makes all the difference and i think we are able to usher in a new type of agent, a new type of mindset when they know they have an organization like that that backs them. And no, not to any of the others. I like the fact that we have different types of organizations because some are going to be focused on connecting you with carriers. Um, mm -hmm. Some are going to be more focused on strictly professional development and there's no 
real camaraderie. It's more like um, I'm a part of this organization, so I have a badge, you know, if you will. I'm not knocking that. But what I am saying is we looked at the landscape and we saw what didn't exist. And that's what we want to champion. And that, again, starts with that safe space. But then it's also consumer facing. Right now, we're really focused on the agent. But as we're getting the kinks out, we will be focusing on the community community because, again, they need to know, hey, that's SOBA. That's a Society of Black Agents um, agent. And right. I feel like I want to work with them. You know, I feel like they know where I'm coming from. I feel like they'll recognize me and not just the money in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's that's actually actually huge so let's take let's take take that so from a from a consumer standpoint they can say hey look you know i know this person is a, a sober agent this is somebody who i can trust what in your opinion because this is a part of the conversation we met in atlanta um a couple months ago now at the uh, the black friday event and a part of the conversation down there was you know what is it that we need to show or what or should we be showing certain elements of the lifestyle in order to get people attracted to the business what what do you feel uh, what do you feel will attract, you know, young talent or even, you know, transitioning career transitioning talent in, into the insurance industry and the financial services industry? Well, I, I do think it can't it can no longer be like a stuffy, you know, this is a club. You have to look a certain way. Um, you have to think a certain way and you got to be a shark. That that was who I was surrounded with years when I was in my 20s and I started. That was kind of who I was surrounded by. And I think right now we're in a very, very opportunistic time for people who think like us, like a sober mindset saying, hey, here's a safe space for you to come and grow and learn. And guess what? If you come and learn and you don't like it, you want to go off and be a roofer or whatever you want to do, we're not going to hold you. We're yeah. glad we met you and we want to make sure you have enough resources to take back to those roofers because everybody needs what we have. Right. So it's it's that kind of just authentic, telling the truth, not trying to um, lie to people, swindle people, or one of the things that turns me off about salespeople is it ends up being more about them than the product or me whether it's they are starving for a commission or starving for attention. Mm. That to me is, um, I don't respect that. I don't think that really has any place when it comes to the way these young people think. They're not looking for that. They're looking for how can I plug in? Right. You know, can you show me the money and how can I plug in? And if it's yeah. a good fit, I don't want to feel like I'm beholding to you you know, I want to work with you. I want to partner with you. I want to collaborate with you. That's what I'm seeing more so when it comes to young people, because there's so many different ways for them to make money, which yeah. is great. But I think when you work with an organization that says, hey, yeah, this is another avenue to make money, but it's also rooted in financial services. That's Let's right. have a plan. Let's show you how to make all of this money. It's mission oriented. Yes, yeah. very much so. Absolutely. Like there's a purpose behind, you know, I was having a conversation with a, um, a friend of mine about that, how, you know, in the younger generation, you know, like you just said, hey, there's plenty of, <laughs> there's a lot of opportunities that people, that a, that a young driven person 
can leverage, you know, to just generate income. But if they're going to align themselves with, with someone, whether it be an, an association or a company, you know, they're looking for a purpose, you know, they're looking for that, that mission, what's going to really make them feel like they're part of something and moving towards making the world a better place. And yeah. um, definitely sounds like, you know, that's what Soba's, you know, mission, you know, is really in, in alignment with it, which is what I really, you know, respect about um, what you and, and, and Tia have been building. Uh, over the last year. Uh, let me ask you this question. So, you know, you've been in the business now, you know, for, you know, almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. I heard you call me season. I said, yeah, I am. But <laughs> oh, hey, look, and, and really, like, once you get past like three to five years in this industry, you kind of, you kind of end like at that point. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you go three years, you're in it. You're, yeah. in it. you're not going in. I agree. You know? I agree. Um, but yeah, 16, you're, you're a wily old vet at this point, yep. you know, yep. 16 years. Um, you know, you, you've, you've been on the independent side, you know, you've been on the corporate side and, and risen up, you know, in, into management levels as well. Uh, what, what keeps you, keeps you motivated now? What keeps me motivated is something you said earlier, you said, and I don't know exactly how you phrase it, but most people don't really understand what it means to be an insurance agent and all of the different opportunities mm -hmm. right and so the thing that drives me like for instance today i was training a property and casualty agent but they would never been in medicare before so just starting out with what's your why you know what wh how do you see how do you envision your life in the next 10 years and really being able to take someone's vision and see how we can plug life insurance, um, Medicare particularly right now into that and then mapping out a plan. So it still goes back to my financial planning roots really, but working with agents to help them carve out a plan, figure out where I'm accountable to that plan, where they're accountable to that plan and keep checking in and watching things flourish. Like, it makes me giddy and i know sometimes agents are like she is on 10 but i know what i know what's coming up for you you know once you get over certain hurdles i know what's coming up for you so that is really something that drives me and makes me really excited just developing agents and having them turn around and say you know what you were right yeah 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 so 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 kind of helping to cultivate you know that new skill set just like with you you know hey you kind of you kind of transferring some of that drive right by by inspiring them to say hey look you know you can learn this this new skill you know you right. can PNC, but you can learn this this medicare so um as far as that being i guess your motivation now to continue to help cultivate you know other people in their learning and, and really be you know a resource um you know what's 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 your goal? What's the end game for, for Shay Norman? The end game for me. Um, it, and I know you said, I thought toward my immediate, like day to day, what drives me. But ultimately, I want to be able to develop a nonprofit where not only are we teaching families about life insurance, but we're actually insuring them and their children. Um, in 2018, my family had a tragic loss. Um, I lost my nephew to gun violence. And he, he actually, he, he really motivated me to start an agency because I used to try and teach him about insurance. And what he, I, what I remember him saying to me is, auntie, I'm not putting on no shirt and tie. Hmm. And at that time, 
you know, if he were here now, it would be a perfect fit for him because he doesn't have to. But back then I couldn't see it. I said, wow, if he's not going to come in the office, if he's not going to put on a shirt and tie, I don't know what to do with that. So one of the things that I knew I would do is have an agency where he could come in and be who he wanted to be as long as he was following the rules and learning and growing. Um, I wanted to do that. So that's something that really fueled me and to now fast forward, have my niece as a principal agent of her own agency. Um, They were very, very close. She knows that 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 that's something that's really special to me. So to to develop that agency and to also usher in young people who think that this opportunity is not for them and to really show them that it is exactly for you. Um, is is something that I'm very, very passionate about. And to have a nonprofit to do that further community outreach um, is is my goal. Love it, love it. I mean, you, you, you've been, um, you know, rooted with such a, a strong foundation. Uh, you know, th- this is a question I like to ask. I mean, I don't know if, if it's, you know, kind of changed or just maybe in, in, enhanced what you've been able to do. Um, but do you feel like, you know, having a license, like getting into this industry has, has changed you as a person or evolved you as a person in any way? hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's no question about it. Um, I remember, I remember just breaking down and crying. I went to, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, I shouldn't even give them a shout out, but I will, um, circle of wealth, which is a financial software really teaches you how to have conversations around the IUL particularly. And I remember going to this con conference um, with the person who ushered me into the industry along with our team. And when it clicked for me how to communicate life insurance to the everyday ordinary person and then to teach them how to do more with it, that it's not just about a death benefit, right? right. When, when that clicked for me, I literally cried. I was like, this is life changing. Like I will never not have an insurance license, not just for clients, but for myself, right? So I learned the language of money. I'm making great money. I'm really helping people. Why would I not? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Why would I not do this? So it definitely changed my life in that way. But then too, working with seniors from a young age and learning that uh, on time is late and how important customer service is, all of those things kind of set me apart from my friends in a way that Sometimes I felt like I felt a little too responsible, but at the same time, that's better than not being responsible, right? So I'm like, get over like you, you in some new skin now. Like these elders have grown you up, Um, and I don't know that that would have happened, you know, had they not been sitting across the table from me, allowing me to advise them. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. know if that would have ever happened. Mm, No, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. Oh, no, this is on a sidebar. You like nice things. You said that earlier. You like nice things. What, what's something, you know, being in this industry, what is something that being in this industry has allowed you to do that you might not have done otherwise? I really like to travel. Um, I really love my Tesla, my electric car. Right. <laughs> um, charge it at home. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it like that, but honestly, like, I'm good. Yeah. And I don't know what other industry would have given me the flexibility 
the ability to learn the language of money and then really have no cap on my earning? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Because there's a lot of broke doctors and lawyers out there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I said I was taking an LSAT and I said, I'm, right, right, right. I'm already helping people. I'm already doing what I want to do, you know. Right. So, no, it's just I feel like there is no limit to what you can do with an insurance license, especially if you're going to learn and grow um, and add other disciplines. It's, it's something that if you have your license and you're not operating within the space, keep it. Mm -hmm. um, keep learning because maybe something's going to hit you and you can dive in and, you know, and really, really practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for the, you know, new person that's, um, you know, maybe thinking about, you know, jumping into this space, they're listening to our conversation right now. And, uh, you know, they're hear hearing everything that you're saying, but, but maybe they feel like, Hey, you know, shoot, I'm not built like Shay. You know what I mean? I, I don't have the, 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 you know, I just have the same upbringing or, you know, I'm not that smart, you know, what, what, but, but this sounds like it could be an opportunity. What, what would you tell that? What would you tell that person? I would tell that person to, again, I'm big about feelings. I'm big about feelings. If it feels like something that you could get excited about, mm. just learning about it, if it feels purposeful for you, then go for it. It may not be the fit, but if you don't go for it, you'll never know. So you, you just have to look at not, not the paperwork. Don't look at the test. Look at the impact that you can make on your own life, your family's life, and then the lives of countless others, like generations to come. We're literally putting policies on folks that are going to make their children's children's millionaires. If that doesn't excite you, it's probably not the right fit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But knowing that that doesn't happen immediately, but you have the wherewithal to dig in and see how to make that happen. I mean, it can be an exciting, um, what's the, what's the, hurry up and wait, you know, <laughs> You can go through that in this industry, but if you can attach yourself to something that makes you feel good and feel excited, follow it. That's it. No, I love that. I love that. Hey, for the people who are looking to connect with you specifically, maybe they, they might be in, I know you cover a, a large territory with, with what you do on a day-to-day, -day, but if they're down in either in the area or they're maybe on the East Coast, um, or maybe they just want to learn more about SOBA, um, how can how can somebody get in contact with Shay Norman? So to get in contact with Shay Norman, you definitely can hit me up on IG at C the Bridge and it's C T H A B R I D G E. So it's the bridge, but it's uh, <laughs> I guess it is not T H E. That's how I'm going to say that. It's not the T -H -E. bridge. C right. the bridge. Um, and then as far as soba, we are soba.org is where you can go to our website, see who we are, what we do. You can join our membership um, program. And then also on Facebook, Society of Black Agents is a private Facebook page. We're gonna ask you a few questions, but that really is geared toward agents. If someone is trying to reach me, I think the IG is, is the best way. See the bridge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you guys gotta go check out her, her website, thebridge.info, that join us. The bridge dot life. Thank you. The bridge dot life. The bridge dot life. 
thank that you. That joint is fire. Make sure you check it out. So, hey, look, um, Shay, thank you so very much for the time, you know, today. Um, very much appreciated. And uh, for those who, who have heard this conversation, it's I know it's been inspiring. I know it's been one that uh, maybe will, will, will push you, you know, towards that passion, that feeling uh, that you're having. And, and maybe you're thinking to yourself, you know, after this conversation, you should get a license. And until the next time, we'll talk soon. Thank, Thank you, Rod.